morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show rolls on on this Tuesday. It's the day they stop by from the Community Foundation serving Western Illinois and Northeast Missouri. And Catherine Meckes is here, and we'll be talking to her in just a moment. But we want to honor and acknowledge Refreshment Services Pepsi, our fine sponsor, Harvest Ridge Coffee. Now, someone at the Radio Ranch came in early today, someone who normally doesn't drink a before eight cup of coffee. And Steve and I were forced not to have our third cup today because the Harvest Ridge was gone. You say, Mary, why didn't you make a second pot? I'm too lazy. So we're going to find out who this culprit is, and we're going to tell them the next time they empty the pot of Harvest Ridge coffee from Refreshment Services Pepsi, the polite thing to do is brew another pot. I'm sure Catherine agrees with me. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Mary. Do you ever have a coffee shortage problem at the oh, Community Foundation? Yes, and you know we we have one staff member, John, who's fantastic. He's he's so reliable, and he's always the first one in the office. Always brews the first pot of coffee, and we get so used to that, we're so spoiled by that that we come into a fresh hot pot of coffee. The days, the rare days that he takes a day off. We come in and there's there's no coffee. What do we do? John can't take a day off. We need our coffee. <laughs> That's how Steve feels about me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Community Foundation serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri. Uh, you've been on a million times, but there's always new listeners to the Mary Griffith Show. So give us the little elevator talk. What is this foundation? <laughs> what are you talking about? So... In a nutshell, the Community Foundation works with donors to build permanent charitable funds that help, um, you know, further their own personal philanthropic goals, but at the same time build resources that can be granted back out to our nonprofit community to just further and advance and enrich our 12-county region here in West Central Illinois, Northeast Missouri. So we're working with donors, we're helping them fulfill their charitable dreams, and we're building resources for our community. And boy, have these resources been built. You just started, just had your 25th uh, birthday celebration. You're now in your 26th year, I guess. Mm-hmm. You started out with about a 1000 bucks in the bank. That's right. And now you have $55 million. Right around there, yeah. So when people say, how is this possible? Well, it's compounding. It's everybody giving a little. It wasn't like you got a $50 million grant and now you have $55 million. No. I mean, this was started with a 1000 bucks, And it just goes to show, and in fact, uh, one of your founders said that he projects 25 years from now, you'll have $500 million. And it certainly is possible. I hope to heck he's working hard since he made <laughs> since he opened his big mouth. I hope he's working hard to get some more donors in, but it is entirely possible uh to make this happen because when you invest in the community foundation, you only give out the interest. You never touch the principal. It remains in perpetuity growing, growing, growing to make sure the needs are met. So it's just fantastic. It's, yes, it's, it's so fun because I have some donors who, so at the beginning of every year in December, we send out letters to our uh, fund founders informing them of the amount of money that their fund will grant 
in the upcoming year. And I was chatting with one of our uh, fantastic donors recently, and she said, oh, I just love getting that letter because it's just like new money grows every single year. Just here it comes again um, because it does. It, it regenerates. And we, you know, the goal with a with a, a true permanent endowment is that we don't touch that original gift. And so it is. It's just regenerating new dollars that can be granted back out to our lovely and fantastic nonprofit community every single year. And eventually, as time goes on, you may be granting more money each year than you initially put in. That's right. In the endowment. And so mm-hmm. that is really exciting. And it is fun. If you like to Help other people if you like to give money away, if you like to be a benefactor, even if you want to do it anonymously, which is your choice. It is so much fun to get that letter every year from the community foundation saying you have this much to disperse and then you can decide how you disperse it. Or there's different mechanisms. There's all different kinds of ways that works. Now, Catherine's come on today to talk about some specific uh, things. The Robert and Barbara Giraud, Giroux. Gerard. Gerard. You, you, you know. I know them. I know Bob and There's Barb. There's a lot of vowels in that one. There are a lot of vowels. Bob and Barb, uh, their endowment, and I saw them at a gathering, of, uh, and I said, well, what, tell me about your endowment. I'm like, what are what they're endowing? And they have a very unique endowment. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just goes to show, you can endow anything you want. So, Take it away with uh, what Bob and Barb have done. Yes, and this is this is wonderful. And that's, you know, we have, oh gosh, more than 220 different funds at this point. And what's so fun is that every single one of those funds, every donor to that fund has a different reason why or a different story or a different goal. And so it's just so fabulous to reflect on all of these. But uh, Barb and Bob, um, they met in the Air Force, in Greece actually, and they really credit their time in the Air Force to creating an avenue of success for them. They feel very blessed by their life. They feel very blessed to have that opportunity and, and all the opportunities they've had since the Air Force. And they got to the point where they were ready to kind of pay that forward. And so they created this endowment, the, the Robert and Barbara Gerard Endowment, to support veterans' education here in our region. And this is the first year it's going to grant out. And so this fund, it can be used for tuition assistance or training programs for individual veterans, or it could be used for an educational program, um, you know, some sort of training or some sort of group class uh, to kind of tailored or targeted towards veterans. So it's just a way for them to honor the way that they found success in life and, and, you know, hopefully give a hand up to someone else who's followed that same path. And that is so, when they were telling me about this, I thought, wow, that's so specific. But it's a very specific place in their heart that they want to pay that forward. They receive so much from that. And we'll never know, you know, Carol Burnett's a perfect example. So she went to her mailbox one day and found a $100 bill with a note in it that said, use this for your tuition at UCLA. Never reveal who I am, but help other people if you make it. When you think about somebody gave Carol Burnett $100, look what she's been able to do in her life. So this is a, a way that, you know, if somebody has helped you or if you've been involved in an agency or you, somebody has made a difference in your life, an endowment fund at the you know, community foundation can make a difference carrying it forward. So uh, that is going to be exciting. So they can, uh, you can apply for this grant. And uh, I mean, how do people do that? If people are listening this morning to the show and they say, well, 
uh, I may fall into that. How do mm-hmm. they how do they apply? They for that? should talk to the institution which they are attending. So the schools will be in charge of kind of asking for that money on behalf of that student or students. So whether they're seeking vocational training or would like to take a you know a further a continuing education class at John Wood, um, you know talk to the veterans coordinator, talk to financial assistance, and say, hey, uh, I could use a little extra money. And um, whether it's this or this and the combination of other sources, there's all kinds of assistance out there. And so we're we're looking forward to helping this be one piece to the puzzle of someone furthering their education or their career. You also have lots of scholarships yes. through the Community Foundation for nursing, for educators, for whatever. So um, definitely mom and pop are listening, grandma and grandpa are listening. If your child is getting ready to go uh, off to college, we know that extra money is always useful. You can start probably when you're a junior looking at these things. Yep. Uh, there are tons of scholarships within the Community Foundation. They all have guidelines, but... Find out about those, apply for those, and that could be very beneficial because that's what these people set it up for. It was for local people to benefit from this. So don't be afraid to uh, remember that the Community Foundation is there. We're also going to talk about the Dare to Lead workshop, but first we're going to take a break, okay? Catherine Baki Mekas is my guest today on the Mary Griffith Show. She is the executive director and leader of the Community Foundation, serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri. MyCommunityFoundation.org is how you'll find them. And we'll be back to talk about a way that they are helping the entire community, not just grant recipients. We're back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. My guest today is Catherine Baki Mekas from the Community Foundation, serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri. And if you're listening to WTAD, you probably have benefited in some way from an endowment grant. You may be one of the people who funds it. Thank you. Uh, you may be somebody who is sitting there listening, saying, hmm, I hear this and I'm starting to get my wheels turning. I have a not-for-profit agency I love. I wonder if they could get money from the Community Foundation, or I wonder if I could make a donation in their honor. So uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, but coming up, the Dare to Lead workshop. Tell us all about this, because I love the term capacity building. Nobody <laughs> know what the heck that is. So you're going to tell us about capacity building. It's a good thing. It's yes. not about building a warehouse, although we need one, according to Kyle Moore from Greta. But what is capacity building, and why does the community foundation care? Okay, so yes, you know, every <laughs> every industry has their own jargon, right? Okay, so you know, we think about all these nonprofits, and we talk about how we give grants to nonprofits to strengthen the, the nonprofit and help them do their services. Well, who's them? Who who are the people doing it? It's people. It's not just, there's not this magic entity that just does it. There's got to be people there, and there's got to be high-performing people. There's got to be professional people who make all this work happen. And so when we're talking about capacity building, it can really span anything from really the technology and capital needs of a nonprofit to enhance their ability to do their work efficiently, or on the other end of the spectrum, kind of more of the more human capacity building, it's training and enriching and empowering the people doing the work to do the best they can do because our nonprofits are only going to be as good as the people 
working there and volunteering there. And so capacity really spans that whole gamut. And with this Dare to Lead workshop that we're uh, partnering with the Tracy Family Foundation to bring to our region, uh, we are talking about that human side of things and more of those soft skills because you can get trained on Excel and you can get trained on all sorts of different software and technical needs, but that internal courage and um, you know communication skills and just leadership skills is something that doesn't always come naturally. It really takes practice and it takes um, you know really working on it to feel confident in your role and feel confident leading forward. So that's what this workshop is designed to do. It's going to take place at the end of March and we are inviting nonprofit schools and government entities who are doing work for the public good to send to apply to send one or two of their staff members or volunteers to uh, you know to dare to lead through this workshop. Okay, there's a cost to attend, but the uh, Tracy Family Foundation is picking up 90%, correct me if I'm wrong, they're picking up 90% of the cost. You've got to have some skin in the game. That's right. I've no- we, we've noticed this, I learned this at a workshop. Mm-hmm. When something is free, people don't value it as much as something they have to pay for, even if it's a token payment, relatively speaking, for what you're getting. And so you're asking them to put 10% up, put some skin in the game, mm-hmm. uh, but they can then have 90% of a tuition waiver and they can apply any not-for-profit. I mean, who, who can apply for this? What are the parameters? So any nonprofit organization, so that's going to be your 501c3 kind of traditional nonprofits, um, units of government, um, those people who are kind of doing that work for the, for the public good. So something like your Quincy public library or the, you know, any, any public library like that, um, or schools. So, of course, leadership and uh, effective communication is, is vitally important for school leadership as well. So those are kind of the three buckets. And these grants will be paid directly to that institution that's, that's applying for the grant. So we will make a grant for you know, $770, and the organization who is sending someone to participate has to you know, put up $80 of it per participant. And so Tracy Family Foundation is going to cover the cost of our Illinois participants, and the Community Foundation is going to pick up the tab for our Northeast Missouri participants, which really excites me to be able to bring um, nonprofits from both sides of the river together to work on these skills together. Well, I'm excited about this because I attended years ago uh, as a member of a not-for-profit organization. I went to a community foundation training, and I found it to be very, very beneficial And, of course, I was tasked then with taking that back and each one teach one. I think it was each one teach 20. So I got this knowledge infused, and then I was tasked to go back and, in my own way, try to infuse it into others. And that's why this is kind of like the domino theory. You get good leadership in a not-for-profit, and that can be paid, but a lot of not-for-profits, the people that do the work are volunteers. I think of the Girl Scout organization. It's Girl mm-hmm. Scout Cookie Time. Just had them on on Friday. 99% of the people that run the Girl Scout organization are unpaid volunteers. And so they have extensive training programs to train those women and men on how to put forward all the things that help the Girl Scout mission. And for some of those high-level, high-leadership volunteers, whether they be on the board of directors or the chief of training or whatever, that's a huge job. It really could be a paid position, but the Girl Scouts can't afford it. Mm -hmm. This is perfect. This is a way to get people trained in your organization to say, 
I think our management staff has these skills, but I'm not so sure our key volunteers do. Sure. And they're not going to put out 880 bucks to go to a training because they're volunteers. So we're going to send them to this. The Community Foundation and the Tracy Family Foundation are going to help these people mm-hmm. get this knowledge. And then, of course, they will be able to disperse that among the other peers. So you can be a paid staff member, a volunteer, a government worker, whatever. Or send two. You know, or send I think two. I think it would be fantastic to have, um, you know, a staff member and perhaps the incoming board chair or another key leadership. So Somebody that's got, going to be yeah, there for a while. You've got that volunteer yeah. and that staff kind of working together and building these skills together so they can really hopefully make it infectious amongst the rest of the organization. Okay, real quick before we take a break. I think everybody out there is interested. When they hear they can get a 90% tuition waiver to attend a top-drawer seminar like this, uh, March 30th to April 1st from 8.30 to 4.30 at the Quincy Public Library. So it's two days. It's three days. Three, three days. Yep. Thir- oh, yeah, 31 has March. Three-day intensive training. So obviously that has to be a commitment. But a three-day intensive training uh, right here in Quincy, easy access for Northeast Missouri and West Central Illinois, uh, how again? How do we register? How do we get on the list? Because I imagine you'll have to do. Not everybody who applies will get picked. So, how do we yes. get involved and make sure we get picked? The cohort is limited to 18 participants, so we anticipate having more interest than we can than we can um, accept into the program. So it's really going to be pretty much first, you know, first come, first serve with this. Um, and so Illinois nonprofits, we're asking you to apply through the Tracy Family Foundation by submitting a capacity building grant. And Northeast Missouri participants, we're asking you to uh, to apply through the Community Foundation's website. That's mycommunityfoundation.org. Um, and you'll find that Dare to Lead application in our grant opportunities portal. Okay. We'll be back. It's 940. We have to step aside. Rex Battery brings you the farm market report from the Ursa Farmers Cooperative. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. Our conversation continues about the Community Foundation. They are giving back to our community. If you're out there listening and you're in a nonprofit, uh, pick up your ears and think, how could this help my agency? And let them know all about it. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Catherine and I have solved all the problems of the world in that short commercial break. And now we're back dealing with just the few minor problems that are left over in our world today, almost all of which could be solved by the Community Foundation serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri. You mentioned this capacity building, and like you said, that's kind of a catchphrase. But what you're trying to do is make non-for-profits more self-reliant. I mean, eventually, that's what it's all about. Um, it's kind of like the United Way versus the Community Foundation, not versus in that they're in a fight, but versus in that they're in two totally different areas. I make my check every year to the United Way to pay for the immediate needs. I have my foundation at the Community Foundation to pay for the long-term needs. And so if you already support the Humane Society, if you already give to Notre Dame High School, if you already, uh, you know, like the children's department at the Quincy Community Theater, there are ways for you to give to those agencies to help today. But through the Community Foundation, there are also ways to give to help tomorrow. And with this capacity building, hopefully one of the things you're going to do with all these key volunteers is to get them tuned into not being afraid to remind people who are volunteers, who've been part of an organization for years, your will a gift, somehow to remember uh, the Community Foundation and this charity because 
Talk a little bit about the 5%. Uh, I think that's so critical. I know I went to a, a seminar that you sponsored, and this gentleman from Nebraska talked about the 5%, and I sat there and I thought, that is so simple. You know, how did this Nebraska farmer figure this out when the rest of us can't seem to figure it out? But he has taken this really simple concept that anybody can understand and turned it into something that is really changing community foundations across the nation. Yeah, yeah. So 5%, it's not a lot, right? You think about 5% of a pie, 5% of a cake. Uh, you still got 95% uh, left over, right? And so when we're talking about this 5%, it's this idea that when you're looking at your assets, when you're making your will um, to consider leaving 5% of your assets to a charitable endowment in your local community. That still leaves 95% that can go to heirs or wherever else, but 5% can make a huge difference. If everybody left 5% to an endowment with their community foundation um, to root that local wealth here, the numbers are astounding, and I don't have them in front of me. We'll talk, we, can, we can talk all about that another time, and I'll bring all the data with me. But if you endow 5% from everybody, the payout over time, over the next 10, 50 years, is incredible, and the amount of good that could do permanently is really, it makes your mind spin. Um, and so that's the idea. Like, instead of having this money, you know, when you die, what happens? Uh, it goes to your heirs if you've got them, or it goes to taxes or where else. So let's keep some of that here local, where you made it, working for good. Where you made it, and that's mm-hmm. the key part. Keep it in our community. And you mentioned taxes there are so many people who could really do this community, every community, whatever town you live in, can benefit from a community foundation grant. Uh, you could do your community permanent, lasting good, and do what your parents and you worked your whole lifetime to do anyway, which was to leave a better society. Nobody's saying disinherit your kids. Nobody's saying don't leave money you know, to the next-door neighbor who shoveled your lawn. It's not anything like that. It's what could 5% if everyone, if people say, well, I don't, I mean, I don't even have hardly anything to, you'd be surprised what your assets are when it comes time. You know, everybody's got a little bit of something. And so what? What if 5% is a, is $5? What if you left and you only had $100 to your name, but you put $5 into a, into a basket at the community foundation? That $5 will still be there. 100 years from now, and all the interest it ever earns will still be benefiting this community. So you can give according to your means mm-hmm. and still have a big impact on our on our society. That's right, especially when you're thinking about giving it to an endowment fund that's already established that has multiple donors. So it's really this collective impact that starts to happen. You give $5, someone else gives $500. Um, you know, you've got 20 people who give $5. Whatever it is, that starts to be combined. The interest starts to grow. The interest starts to compound. And uh, magic really starts to happen. And I think that's the one thing that still um, people fight. Because I've told several people, well, uh, my brother and I started a, you know, a fund in honor of my parents. Like, oh, we didn't know you were rich. I said, I'm not. <laughs> but I know that my parents work their whole lives and that they would want the charities that they always supported to continue to be supported even after my brother and I passed. And so that was why that was important. Was it, did we give a million dollars? No, we did not. We don't have a million dollars to give. But 
that's okay. We gave within our capacity and other people give within their capacity. And if everybody would just make sure that 5% of whatever's remaining when their time on this earth is done goes to the community foundation, every charity you ever wanted to support could be supported by that. Because you can, you can say it goes to the, this, it goes to that, Mm -hmm. it goes to this, or you can put it in a specific fund already earmarked. You know, you don't have to start an individual fund every time you want to give to something. You can give to a fund that already exists. You've got over 200. That's right. And you know, every individual donor is unique. They have unique goals. They have unique passions. And so our job is to help guide them and figure out what the best charitable solution is going to be. That might be giving to a fund that we already have. It might be, you know, if they feel like it's redundant to start another one, they don't care about having their name on it. Great. Contribute to an endowment fund for the Humane Society that's already there or the, or the community theater. Um, or if legacy is very important to them, great. Let's put your family's name on this and, and, and shape this fund to support the things that really matter to your family and these things that you want to pass down as values to the next generation. Great. Let's work on that together. Okay. Uh, Catherine, if somebody's out there listening and they've been listening and been thinking, you know, I'm a procrastinator just like Mary Griffith, uh, but I've been thinking about this a while now and I really want to get going. All it takes is a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just call and or go online and and because uh, I think a lot of this needs to be, you know, people need to be reassured face to face how the money is being stewarded and everything else. So how can they get in touch with you? Well, always just give us a call, 217-222-1237. Anybody is happy to chat, um, answer your questions, and uh, love to set up time to, like you said, meet face-to-face. We're glad COVID's over so we can invite people into our office or visit their homes if they want, whatever, you know, wherever they're the most comfortable, we're happy to come and, and just chat, learn more what they want to do. Okay, thank you very much.